0: It is March 13th, 2023. This is Atlanta United FC Weekly, a Home Before Dark podcast. What do you got, Dan? Ooh, is that the, uh... Peste- it's the watermelon
1: peste- LaCroix. It's the worst. Hey, by one. watermelon
0: by watermelon LaCroix, you mean cucumber LaCroix. Yeah. It tastes with a little just bit like of cucumber. fish. Oh, no, don't say that. You're going to ruin it for me. Did you get the pack from Costco? Is that why you have yep, it? That's why yep, I have same it. Same here. I, I have the limoncello in front of me. That's, uh... I finally that- converted Kevin. Hey, yeah. He he actually likes the limoncello now and it's uh it's
1: kinda satisfying. Well that's that's just how Kevin rolls. He hates something until he actually tries it and he's like, Oh, this is good. And then he's like, Yeah, yeah I really like this. Like you yeah, with exactly. McCroy, me with Peloton <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh Dan, I have 20 years of that, that other examples I could bring up. Anyway, oh, right, yeah. I am Tim Herb. As always, I'm on my lovely co-host, Mr. Dan James. If you're watching on YouTube, he is over to my right, or over to your right, over to my left. I I don't know. It's is really disorienting whenever you try and point in the direction of somebody in a remote call. Anyway, uh, thank you guys for tuning in on this lovely Monday evening. It's back to being cold in Atlanta. It's really uh, quite strange. I'm sure everybody's doing well with the pollen. Uh, is it COVID? Is it not COVID? Did I get sh- to catch RSV or something like that? Or maybe it's just pollen. I don't know. Maybe anyway, it's just um, pollen. Maybe it's just pollen. I don't know. Anyway, thank you guys. Uh, as you can tell, Kevin Bradley is not with us tonight. He is traveling on business. Um. Yeah. So he's he's somehow left the keys up to us, and he's okay with it. And um, cheers to him, I guess. And cheers to all the folks in the trap. We got Richard Gordon, Nathan Explosion, Bradley D claiming to be Kevin's burner account uh, checking in. Uh, maybe that is Kevin. Maybe Bradley D is Kevin, and it, maybe it, it's always been a joke that I that I've never gotten, or I've always thought it was a joke, and maybe it's not a joke. Anyway, uh, Elliot Beaven, Brittany S. Patrick Delaney, Eric Quintana, um, who is fresh off of winning awards uh at the the podcast awards. I already forgot the name I am sorry, I'm let's see, podcast awards show. I'm terrible. I'm terrible. Uh is there a podcast awards show? <laughs> yeah, yeah. They won for um up and Vanished. Eric uh, won an award for production on Up and Vanished on Tenderfoot Media. Good job, Eric, Eric
1: actually producing a decent podcast.
0: Well done. Yeah. Your work at, at Tenderfoot has been fantastic. It makes for great road trip uh great road trip listening. Um yeah, I will have to check the, that out. Sh- I have yeah. been not aware,
1: so I will subscribe and download all of them.
0: Um yeah, Michelle, we have uh Michelle in the trap as well. Um, cool. Uh, how's everybody doing tonight? Uh, Eric brings up something that I think is pretty crazy, but not really. Um, I think it's, I I don't know. I didn't expect it to really happen. But uh, Joseph, three matches in, started all three. He's score or he's played like two hundred and thirty something minutes without a goal for Inter Miami. Enter miami who I believe are on six points if I'm not mistaken so I guess they're doing okay without his scoring prowess they're doing okay I mean they lost last
1: week 1-0 to NYCFC and I think that was on the uh play school stadium the play school uh match uh pitch that they play on up there
0: oh NYCFC stadium Yeah. yeah so yeah it's kind of kind of gross up there um Elliot Beaven, with with the correct sentiment, it's going to be an invincible season. And not like your (laughs) Arsenal invincible season. We're not drawing 27 times. We are going to win some matches. And we're going to do it in an exciting fashion. Um, Absolutely. I think we play LAFC once.
1: That'll be our (laughs) our one test, right? (laughs) Yeah. Um,
0: We got a clean sheet, Dan.
1: I know. (laughs) So when was the
0: last <laughs> <race. laughs> I It's pro. Actually, I I don't know. I don't have the schedule from last year in front of me, but it's it feels pretty good. Um. Yeah, I, great. I. It feels great. Yeah. How are you feeling coming off of that match? Uh, like Saturday, I don't know if you watched live, but I, I would love to get your thoughts on what you saw.
1: Oh yeah, man. No, we did watch it live. Uh, me and my son watched it live. He was wearing his Caleb oily jersey. And going nuts with Caleb banging in the goals and getting an assist. Uh, it was great, fantastic. I, I haven't seen uh a better performance than that in a long time. Uh but the other the other hand is like Charlotte, terrible. They they are terrible. Uh, but it was good, like we we just wiped, wiped the floor with them really. And then I was a little bit disappointed in the second half that we kinda of sat back a little bit, but Cause I wanted to just go for the jugular and get a good six nil whipping in, but, uh, we decided not to do that. So,
0: yep. Yeah. I, I guess you can, I'm going to try not to be that guy that is like, just, I, I'm just going to be that guy. It makes the, the, but yeah, it was Charlotte sentiment that I kept seeing it really drives me insane. Um, Because to Patrick Delaney's point, it says good teams handle bad teams and put them away, and we did that. It feels good. And I I couldn't say it better. Uh, You you win the games you have to or you're supposed to win, and that was a game we were supposed to win, and we won it handily. Um, We we went up early. We kind of coasted, I would say, in the second half a little bit. Uh, But also I would say Charlotte tightened up a little bit in the second half. I feel like they were, um, as you could see with their defense in – they're they're defending in the beginning was kind of baffling um but i I felt like they kind of tightened up in the second half and um as you're probably want to do when you're down three nothing um they were unfortunate i think to have and we could talk about the penalty not penalty thing but i thought that was kind of unfortunate for them that that got called back because of the way that it transpired i didn't i don't know it's uh I felt, I felt for them a little bit, but, man, it felt good. It felt really good. Um, I wanted to get, you know, your thoughts on that first goal. Like I was saying, the, the defending was a little bit baffling, but at the same time, I, f- I thought that when you have a, what what do we call him, a gravity well in Tiago Almada?
1: Yeah.
0: When he's able to get... We're, we did a really good job in the beginning, I would say, even in the first half of turning them over consistently and pressing them. I think uh, Sadich was pretty key in that. I thought that uh, Almada did a good job in, in capitalizing with that first goal um, where he was able to off of a turnover with their defense kind of off kilter, be able to pull defenders up towards Barry and Barry makes that run. And Barry's kind of got wide open space, and you know more defenders commit that way. And you have Caleb Wiley just running into open space in the middle. Again, what we talked about, him and Gutman um, over the past few weeks kind of shifting centrally at times to give defenses kind of a fit. And you have a kid with that much pace and that much open space with Tiago Almada on the ball. All it, all all you need is the finish at the end of it because you know that ball is going to be put into perfect space for him, and he, he put it away.
1: Yeah, and I, I keep getting Caleb's goals mixed up, but... The first one was where he actually ran onto the ball and had to put a little bit of effort into it, right? The, the, was it his right. second yeah. where Almada jumped over it and he finished it?
0: Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah you're yeah, right. Was... It, it, and, and you're right. The first goal was, I remember watching back the the straight-on angle, or no, maybe the, the the live angle didn't seem as tight of an angle, or the camera angle, whenever they showed the goal live. It didn't seem as tight as whenever you saw it in real time. You're like, oh, he actually had to put a good bit of like uh, a composure. Like he had to he had to put that yeah. into uh,
1: he had a, to beat the keeper. Like,
0: yeah, exactly. Yeah, I'm I'm struggling with the second with one. Right it now, was like placement. A,
1: yeah, it said the first one he had to like put in some effort and actually put a much a lot of power behind the shot. To beat the keeper, but in, a, in his second one, he was able to slot it into the bottom corner. Uh, but I, I loved the goals because they they were team efforts. Um, not that I I don't love a banger that Almada almost got in the second half, but um, very close. The fact that Almada seems to be getting incredibly tight with these guys, like he was the first one to go over and congratulate Caleb on his first goal and allowing like he could have he probably has the skill to have instead of jumped over it put it away but he had the awareness to allow the ball to play on because he knew Wiley was right there and Wiley could could put it right in. But I, I was like just so gooey over the uh the fact that Almada and, and Wiley were 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 playing so well together. It was it was really good to see and it makes me really hopeful of the future. It makes me think that, um, you know, I've said this before, I worry that Almada is going to be the girlfriend who was obviously way too good for you and has obviously gone on to better things. But this makes me think, like, he's here to stay for just a little while, and while he stays, he's going to make it really fun for you. So I am um, hope – I mean, obviously I wanted him to finish out the season, but it was just a fantastic – Fantastic effort all around.
0: Yeah, no, I, I would agree wholeheartedly. And I think that that dummy, if you want to call it a dummy, that Almada plays on the on Wiley's second goal is, I think, to your point, I think the chemistry in, in everything that they're building is, is showing through there. But also, it sounds cliche, but I, I think that what's, that's what makes him a great player. Because as a playmaker like that, as your number 10, yeah, I no, mean, he doesn't wear number 10, but he's, he's our playmaker, but he, um, you have to have faith in your attack. And I mm-hmm. think as you have faith in your attack and you're giving them and you're whatever faith in your teammates, regardless that you're giving them the option and the position and, um, the, the, um, you're giving them those balls that breeds confidence in those players. It also, uh, you know, helps that chemistry. I, it was, I thought it was a, another fantastic performance from Tiago Almada, I. <laughs> I do worry that he's going to be gone in the summer, but we, we, we got to live in the moment and uh, and really just, yeah, enjoy him while he's here. I think that's what we got to do. Um, and to your point... Yeah, absolutely. Because so yeah. if he does go, what are you going to do?
1: I don't know, but let's not worry about that right now.
0: <laughs> yeah. I text Kevin this during the game, so I thought Ar- Aruju had, especially in the first half uh, in his goal, I thought that he... He played pretty well. I thought he played mm-hmm. uh, I was very happy with the way that our attack was playing. Even Barry um you know from week to week I see a level of comfort in him in being able to play with that uh play with the other three in the front four and I think as he transitions onto the bench that's going to be very valuable because you're almost you're bringing you know you're changing positions with those guys, right? Between him and, and right. Yakamakis, where they're both getting comfortability. Yakimakis in the second half, getting, you know, fitness and getting uh getting some chemistry with the team, but also Barry doing the same as he's going back into more of a, a substitution role where you have him comfortable coming off of the bench uh late games, um, either to play alongside Yakamakis if we're chasing a game or or to try to put it away in, you know, Kubo Torres style or something like that. You have fresh legs and a guy who can Uh, hold the ball up but um, yeah everybody from that standpoint I I thought played well the one thing I would say that is still you know kind of hard to kind of hard to judge is I I do feel like Aruju is still relatively selfish on the ball Um, he's like the opposite of Almada and I think I don't know that's something that you need from your winger to me I think that you're that you're number nine needs to be the selfish player if you're gonna have one in in the at the front of the field um, and maybe that's gonna change as Yakimakis as gets folded and I don't know if you you have any thoughts on that or if you noticed any sort of like selfishness from Aruju uh,
1: I mean I didn't see him as selfish as I feel like in past games I mean he had that one in the second half where um, he was running into the box and just seemed incredibly indecisive and then I think he just Kicked it right at the keeper in the end, but and he had I think is Etienne, that the one where he had Yakamaka's. Did he yeah, have I think Yacomaca's he had Etienne, trailing, yeah, yeah, and he had Yako open as well. <laughs> it was... But the thing is, what makes me hopeful is because the connection with Wiley and Almada seems to be good. That it, there's a foundation there that hey, we can all coalesce together. And I think when this front four really gets in the same. Uh Vaynen has had like a number of matches together where they've started and gone through at least 75 minutes a match together. Um I feel like he's gonna come good. Uh but it's just gotta have that consistency together and, and he'll get it. He's got the talent to get it. Um he's been through I feel like what has he been with us for like a season and a half prior to this season. So yeah, uh, he's yeah, just yeah. never had a good uh outlet together where he can be an equal on the front line because joseph was always the big personality there so um i'm hopeful i'm i'm gonna give it a good number of games but if he's still just not producing then you're gonna have to figure something else out
0: I mean we say that and he had a goal. I'm just saying like exactly, definitely to right? you to your point, it has gotten better game over game. I still feel like and, and maybe again it's as and we've talked about this as you fold in a more established striker for him to to play off of, or if he gets a comfort level with Etienne or with Wiley, um that you're gonna see less of that. Um go to the trap real quick. Uh Anthony Neitzel we could kind of shift to another player that seems to be standing out in a lot of people's minds or eyes. Uh, he said, I've got to give a a lot of credit. He has more than exceeded expectations. These first three games. Um, I think it was everybody's favorite, every Atlanta United fans, favorite pundit that was doing color commentary for the game, Taylor Twelman, when he was talking, you know, kind of halfway through the game that talking about a playing an out and out destroyer kind of set center defense mid and, to me i think that's that's his position
1: yeah i I feel like that's when he first came in he was introduced as that's his role like he that's his personality type what i loved in addition to everything he's been doing that i haven't seen in the past few games is his shithousery with like winding up westward uh I mean, he really got him good, uh, but it was fantastic. That's exactly the personality that we've needed in the midfield, someone who can dumb dwire it, and as a kid so young uh, who is already learning that, and um, it's fantastic. That's exactly what we want in our U22s. Joe Johnstone, Carmona 3.0, absolutely, but he's like 10 years younger than Carmona. (laughs)
0: and i feel like a foot taller and like 40 pounds heavier than Ramona yeah. was yeah and yeah. bar is a big boy like i he makes me uh, like i'm very excited about this midfield with him kind of anchoring that that back uh right in front of the the two center backs i i thought he's i think he's been outstanding uh the entire way or uh, you know all all three matches of the of the season so far in if it weren't for a deflection, he may have been a goal scorer on Saturday too. That rip that oh, he that. had yeah, was, and that was going definitely in. was on frame. Yes. That was on I, frame if nothing else. Yeah.
1: It would have been a Tito Vialba esque goal if that so, had gone in.
0: I but thought how, that, that go ahead, go ahead, Dan. Oh no, I was just going
1: to say, I mean, what a turnaround for the kid. I mean, everyone was talking about prior to the season starting. They want to see a gone. I mean, is a bad contract now. We're paying too much for him. But this is the guy right now in my eyes that I see being more of a, um, a, a much needed cog in the midfield. Like I would always start at Barra and then switch out either Hasetu, Sosa or Sadic because he complements all three of them.
0: Yeah, I would agree so, with you wholeheartedly. And I I think that him anchoring the midfield like that really enabled Sadich to press and and to intercept the ball and turn, the, mm-hmm. turn them over. I, I thought that was a fantastic pairing, and I can't remember who it was in the uh, trap. I'll find it real quick. Uh, Mateo. It's, uh, where is he at? Oh, I'm trying to find it. He said, uh, RIP to the people criticizing Pineda for giving Wiley the start prior to the game and also rip to anybody giving... Pineda shit this season because right now we're on the most points we've ever had through three games. The people that were talking at the the gatekeepers talking at the beginning of the season saying he didn't know what he was doing with this team. I thought this was a fantastic selection uh, Mm -hmm. starting 11. Obviously we want to, I want to see Yakumakis in the starting lineup, but I also know that those things take time to fold him in. And I I thought he got it 100% right. um, And just absolutely battered Charlotte at home or at their home to get uh three points so
1: i uh, i wonder if it was the jeans and sweater
0: combo that he was wearing rather than the suit
1: but maybe. i think he dresses down at, on road games anyway
0: so yeah maybe so so i mean it to that to that end he's you know we've gone from having no midfield according to everybody to him having to choose between three guys to play alongside Ibarra Mm
1: -hmm.
0: yeah so I mean mean, each each guy has played well I mean so so we got a very small sample size it was nice to see him back on the pitch on Saturday but Hosatu played well in the first two matches played really well in the second match and then uh Sadich I thought played really well against Charlotte too and I think we have options surprisingly
1: Absolutely. I think when it was good to see Sosa come on for the last 20, 15 minutes or so, uh, he looked pretty determined. I mean, he was, he seemed to be playing pretty aggressively, which I I, I was really glad to see. I mean, he's probably got a chip on his shoulder. Um, I mean, he was, he was obviously pretty rusty. I mean, there were a few things that he missed on and I mean, he didn't have the best game, but he, uh, what I liked from him was seeing his energy level. So, I'm hopeful for Sosa, but I, um, I just worry if something happens to Ibarra. I, I don't know if Alonzo. <laughs> I don't know. Just Alonso's thirty-eight. He's almost going to be thirty-nine. So, but that's that's who I see as Ibarra's backup is Alonzo now. But then, I guess if you, if a bar, something happens to Ibarra, then you probably want to look to Sosa or Sadich to replace him before you go to Alonso. But.
0: Yeah, I think you're right. I think you could deputize either of those guys in that role for a couple of matches if you need to or even shift uh, some of your play style and, and sit guys a little yeah. maybe a little further back on that back line. Um, or maybe you don't start three behind the... Maybe, maybe you start all three of them. Maybe you start Sadic, husatu uh, and um, Sosa. And then you sit one of the, the wingers or something like that. But... I don't know. Let's hope that we don't have to cross that bridge. Um, Absolutely. Oh my gosh. It's good that they that
1: Hazatu had a little uh tweak in training on his hamstring or, or whenever it was and they're like super like, oh, okay, he needs to rest. Don't play him in the game. Don't pick him. Don't let him even let him travel. Let's just get him
0: back to where yeah. he needs." So but he really... I saw him driving. So, like <laughs> yeah. I don't know if you saw that when I sent that to the Slack. I was coming home from, I was coming home from a grocery store. I won't, I won't say which one. And I drove past and there's this really nice car driving past me going the other way. I was like, that really looks like what's I was like, I don't know. We're like an hour and a half from match time or, you know, from kick. I get Mm -hmm. home. I was like, Oh shit, he's injured. He didn't travel. Where's he going (laughs) to go watch the game? That's what I wanted to know.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Where is he going? Probably going to a trampoline park or something. (laughs)
0: catch air they're going to like hippo hop dino yeah, dash something altitude, like that altitude man oh, altitude we've uh
1: we've uh graduated we go to altitude yeah
0: yeah we're just now getting into dino dash so i think it's going to be a little while oh. before we're graduating from that that era
1: oh yeah well i was at dino dash not so long ago because the little yeah, one I, a I have
0: a four-year-old as well <laughs> There's like some like death-defying stuff for a 19-month-old Dino Dash. <laughs> it's
1: like, yeah, like the axe throwing. Uh, do they have axe throwing
0: there? Yeah, they. I
1: mean, it's like sponge. Axes, oh, gotcha. But... <laughs> no, I was talking more
0: like the ropes course that leads to the 30-foot-high slide that comes down. <laughs> like anyway. Oh yeah. Um, yeah, fine. They'll figure it out. Yeah. How long do you think we're gonna have Caleb Wiley for? If we have performances like this mm. I don't know he could be gone left footed fast in the winner shit, can play he's he's basically in the same i'm i'm not comparing him to alfonso davies in terms of quality I'm just saying like same type of player left sided really fast can seemingly finish in front of goal and can play wing or play be- wing back um I would, I would
1: i would think if he could be the next one to go because if you get to the summer and you're in a really good position, which, of course, it's week three, so uh, naturally we know that we'll be in a good position in the summer. Um, he could be the one that ends up leaving because you would want to work something out with Almada, saying, okay, we need to go for this now. We're in a good spot. We could actually make a cup run. So what can we do to keep you here and then you can go in the winter? So I think Armada would be someone we would um, keep. But to Clayton is point, not long, but we'll be 10 million richer. Yeah, that kind of feels right if he keeps up and then he could potentially go in the summer.
0: Yeah, but you bring up a good point that's like part of the mls it's it's maybe one of the benefits of the mls schedule being offset from the rest of the world is that that does happen quite a lot especially with younger players that aren't gonna fit straight into a starting lineup in europe like think about you know like caleb wiley fit that mold probably gets the big money move over to uh i don't know germany or something like that and he gets loaned back to us essentially until the winter i I'm hopeful that if that does happen, um, that we at least get him for the rest of the year. I know it sounds crazy. People might think I'm insane for saying that he's going to get, we're going to get offers for him in the summer, but his potential is insane. Mm -hmm. Um, I think he's by far the biggest prospect we've had come through, uh, at least through the Academy. And just the fact that he's playing at the level that he is right now i guess he's he's still 17 right He turns 18 in a couple months but
1: yeah he's 18 um yeah so but i I, mean, I think i think um now the one advantage we have is if he goes to we're thinking he's going to go to a top tier league in europe right that's where we're thinking he's going to go if if the offers come yeah. in and we pull the trigger now, if he goes to a top-tier league in Europe, <clears throat> is he going to be starting for, like, a Dortmund or, I don't know, a, um, you know, a Lille in France or someone like that or uh, a Watford or somebody like that? Or can he benefit from being a starter in MLS? Like, which which one at that point in time? Because, you know, we've seen with a lot of, uh, players will go to Europe. Then they'll get loaned out to like be a shot in Belgium or something, and then then they've got to work their way into the into the senior team. So
0: yeah, could or you see you like, like a... I mean
1: you're here, you're playing starting football week in week out. Is that the the move that we want to make, or, or do you want to wait till winter
0: after we've won a, or do you want to be under cup? the tutelage of be under the tutelage of a. Uh a squad at, at Dortmund or something, not saying he would go to Dortmund, but I mean, on the other side of that, at 19 years old, Alfonso Davies was slotting into the Bayern Munich starting lineup. So mm-hmm. Trey. left le, le, for his, I would say Caleb Wiley's advantage here uh, globally is that that side of the field is hard to fill with quality and Trey. it's, you know, left back is a, is a very tall task to fill with, with a great player. Um, and then having a deadly left winger too uh, anyway I know we're getting way ahead but I saw and we saw it in the first two weeks I think I'm trying to remember who was saying it I don't know if it was 12 men on the broadcast or somebody that was in the uh, um, somebody on Twitter uh, but saying basically he slowed down a little bit against Charlotte and it greatly benefited him he wasn't playing as frenetic as you know we talked about in the first two weeks but yeah, yeah, he he was everywhere he needed to be. He got on the end, like he he finished his chances. Um, it was just an outstanding performance and player of the week performance too.
1: Yep. Disciplined and mature.
0: Yeah, it was a help, a hell of a hell of a match for him. Um, yeah, I feel like everybody I, I don't know there was really a a, a dull spot on the team. Um didn't get a ton of Yakamakis, I felt like. No, I don't know didn't. what your impressions were in the second half.
1: Um, I mean, it was good. I mean, we didn't see a, a ton of it. I think he w- must have been a little bit frustrated that we weren't just going for it. Um, but, I mean, he seemed to be very much wanting to help out the team in whatever way he could. So he was back clearing on defense. Um as well as trying to get up the field. So that's a really, really promising sign. that's what we saw with Joseph in the first uh, few years. So I think a very positive positive sign. Um, And I I can't wait to see more of the tank. You think he could start next week?
0: Yeah, I think so. Or this week, right? Saturday at home against Portland. Yeah. Yeah, we have... uh, we have the weirdos coming on Saturday. And I say that with with endearment, right? Because it's Port, keep Portland weird. Isn't that the, the slogan? Oh, motto? yeah. Absolutely. Um, yeah, we have them coming in on Saturday. And, yeah, I think so. I Like I said, I think that his integration into the squad, I would think that two substitute performances, especially the first one being a full 45 in the second half, second one being more around the 35 because we had, I think, five minutes. No, two minutes of stoppage. So it was like 33 minutes of playtime that he had on Saturday. Um, I think that's – I think he's probably – unless I'm missing something and he's still not up to fitness, I think that we'll see him in the starting lineup. Um, and I think Saturday will be a great time for it because you're coming off of a a great performance against Charlotte, you have your front three uh, or three of your front four that are all firing. Everybody in that front line has scored a goal with the exception of Miguel Berry and, and mm-hmm. um, And I guess you've had two of those guys score braces. Yeah. Almada has a brace and Wiley has a brace and yeah, you, you would look to build off of that and have your, your talismanic striker up there or like, I guess what we would, who we'd hope to be the absolutely. So.
1: Yeah, but that, that's the but that's the thing I mean you say a tassman oh expo- well, my gosh you say that with such hope but the thing is that that's what kind of we've seen we've seen it in his highlight tapes we've seen it in his industrious on the field that we've we haven't seen many minutes but we all kind of get the feeling it's there so.
0: Yeah, he has an air of air of like stardom around him, right? Like, or to mm-hmm. him, I feel yeah. like, yeah. I, again, we talked about it before. I mean, uh, there's something about a guy who wins the Golden Boot on a relegation side <laughs> 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 that's that's impressive to me. I, I think that's I, I think that's that, a great sign. Yeah, um,
1: Mateo in the trap. Ma- Thank God, Luis has opened his account. Let's hope he comes good this season. I think he will. Yeah,
0: I think so too. I think he'll put put away a few more chances. Um yeah. Um try to see what else we have in here. We have some transfer talk, uh people asking. We can we can get to that in a little bit. I wanted to ask you, Dan. What did you think about Elfath's reversal of the penalty call? Um I thought it was
1: not. I don't think it should have been a penalty on the original call. I think, was it Zwiderski, the Charlotte player? I think no, they no, no, no. Just... It,
0: it was, um, it was Josviak, maybe. Okay. Well, either way, he was shit.
1: Totally whiffed on the ball, and then Lennon oh, yeah. had already was already just moving in that direction to block because he's bracing to get smashed in the ass with the ball. So
0: he's backing he's, that ass up. He's, he's yeah. doing 1999 cash money, millionaires, juvenile, Absolutely. just backing yeah. that ass that's, up on, That's, on that's what I'd be yet. doing. Yeah. That's
1: what I'd yeah. be doing. And he totally whiffs on the ball. And then it's like, well, I haven't felt any, <laughs> I haven't felt any pressure yet. Let's keep going. So keep going. <laughs> <laughs> and, then, and then of course, you know, he walks into the backs into the player and, um, the player just completely whiffs and, throws himself on the on the floor i mean it was it was such a soft pk so soft so i was glad when it was um reversed
0: yeah but th- i guess my question is what kind of precedent i don't know i i'm just saying i felt for charlotte because i felt like that was done in reverse of what it should have been Hmm. um in those situations, oftentimes, and we we saw the same thing with uh, with we see it with offsides all the time, is that you err on the side of caution, don't call it, and then let the VAR decide whether or not for you to have a look at it. Um, that's the only thing I thought was a little weird about it. I totally agree; not a penalty. It was super soft. I mean, Twellman even was talking about it being soft, but like it, he's like, you know, that happened in the middle of the pitch or the middle of the park. You would call foul on that, which is true, but that sentiment never rings true on the field of play, whenever it comes to penalties, just because it happens in the middle of the field, doesn't mean that you can call it uh, in the box because of the impact that it's going to have on the game. You're getting, you know, the referee's going to be a lot more gun shy and calling something that soft. But um, I thought we were fortunate that they yeah, did look true. at it and yeah, that he didn't, he was, he was able to swallow his pride and that. And that was promising, I guess, to be able to go and, <laughs> and watch that and, and take the penalty away from them. Um, yeah, they they were not a good side. They were, they were not a good team. I, I, that I still get bothered by the, yeah, but it was Charlotte. So Atlanta United's not back. It's like, isn't anybody (laughs) really saying we're back to 2018 form? Like nobody's really saying that. I think any sentiment about Atlanta United is back is just about us playing exciting and, and winning games and something for fans to be excited about. I don't think you should be down to the dumps and ragging on other fans for their opinions on whether or not to be happy with how the team is playing.
1: Well, when they've got assholes in the league who work in the league, who are, you know, telling people who can be watching the soccer and who can't be watching the soccer, who shouldn't be watching the soccer. Oh, Jim Curtin. Just, yeah, big assholes like Jim Curtin. Um, So, I mean, what, what, you know, people see that as set as an example and they think it's okay. But yeah, I, I agree, Tim. People just give yourself a break. I mean, it was an awesome performance. I mean, we did what we should have done. And I think we will do the same thing to Portland.
0: Yeah, agree. And the, and I have a feeling it's the same. Yeah, but it was San Jose crowd that was out of the yeah. first match. And San Jose are on six points in the West. So, mm-hmm. I mean, and they're San Jose are a side. good side. I
1: think they're a good side, Toronto. Ugh, I mean that what they're they're not in the playoffs right now, so uh, Toronto.
0: Oh, I mean they finished which, seventh last year. They finished above us last year. Mm-hmm. That's true.
1: But, but yeah, I I mean, yeah, I mean I'm just taking
0: it a week at a time.
1: I'm going to enjoy the wins. I'm going to look at the losses, see what we need to do to improve, and see uh, where the hope is. But. I'm just going to enjoy it. Atlanta United Twitter can be a really dark, toxic place, and I'm not here for that. So I'm just going to take it how I want to take it. And if you want to be a, a Debbie Downer and spread shit like that, then that's on you. I mean, I can't. Does <laughs> I can't control what uh, issues that you have that are, are making you that way. So
0: yeah. I like what Patrick Delaney saying. He says, I've been posting Atlanta is back on all MLS tweets because I am that toxic." <laughs> and to Burton Boise saying we're winning the fucking league. I agree. And saying, getting, uh, getting the, we're going to win this league chance started Saturday. Hopefully it catches on. Awesome. Um, awesome. Yeah. It just goes back to like that negativity seemingly being from some place of um, superiority, I guess. Right. Anyway, I'm gonna not subtweet Will Bowron. I'm calling you out, Will Bowron, because in one breath you said, "Don't tell me Atlanta United's back," and then you start cheering and like, you know, beating your chest about beating Charlotte in the next breath. And I know you said, <laughs> "Don't get it confused; they're not the same thing." I think the sentiment is completely opposite. So I'm just gonna yeah. be honest there. Um, you're not the only <laughs> one, though. It's yeah. So it's uh, I don't know. I'm really enjoying it. Um. I'm really enjoying, although it's been only three matches to see people eating crow about what they said about Pineda going into the season, um, because what he's been able to get out of this lineup, uh, you know, short, short of a world-class goal from Bernadeschi on a, on a, you know, a missed, I don't know if you call it a missed assignment or just, you know, giving him too much space in a split second. um, You know, we would be, I mean, we're still undefeated, and we're um we're looking pretty damn good given that we weren't supposed to be in this position.
1: Yeah, well, our golf difference has got to be pretty good in the league, right? We've got to two goals, four. Yeah. It's and four. what's that compared yeah. I haven't even looked at the overall standings.
0: Okay. We're gonna do this real quick. We're gonna go through the league table. We're gonna go through the Eastern Conference table, just in case anybody's not aware. Right now in the Eastern Conference, we are sitting tops. And that is because we, alphabetically, we are ahead of Nashville. I don't think I'm kidding because we have the same amount of wins. We have the same goal differential, same amount of points. I believe it's because we come uh, first in the alphabet. So it's Atlanta. I think because
1: we've we've scored more goals than them. I remember that was. Oh, yeah, you're right. It's the goal score over the difference. That's That's
0: right. Yeah, I'm dumb. I should be kept out of uh should be kept out of this. Um Atlanta United's first seven points, Nashville second on seven points. Cincinnati on seven points as well on third. Uh, only a two-goal differential. Um inter Miami, fourth, uh on six points. Philly, same. Uh New England. God, same. Orlando three is,
1: goals though.
0: Yeah, that's pretty uncharacteristic, right? Mm-hmm. I feel like they're Defense was pretty good last year. They lost Andre Blake today. It looks like.
1: Yeah, I feel bad for Andre Blake, but Jim Cohen can go fuck himself.
0: <laughs> yes, yes, that is the sentiment we need. Um, so Orlando's on five points. They're the first, uh, first in the list without two wins. It's uh, seventh, and then the bottom you have Charlotte, Montreal, surprisingly. Um, is in 14th chicago above them and then red bulls toronto uh though toronto has two draws and red bulls are the same way i think those two teams are going to be better as the season marches forward uh nycfc in 10th columbus in 9th dc in 8th um you know who's first in the league dan and i guess you're probably first looking at it right in now in the league um i do Supporters' then. shield Why race you... three match day three supporters race <laughs> <laughs> or, supporter shield race. Would that be St. Louis? It would be St. Louis. <laughs>
1: <laughs> it's, oh, yeah.
0: Man. They've scored eight goals. They've scored more goals than anybody else in the league so far. I, I and just... only two of them were on errant back passes. So they still, are, they still have six goals, not on errant back passes from, from the opposing defenders.
1: Right. But one was a penalty, one, another one was an own goal. Though the, the performance against Portland, I think that's been their most cohesive. But I I don't know. I I am not trusting Saint Louis. And I could be eating my words come the summer when they're still undefeated. Uh but I'm not I'm not putting any stock in that right now.
0: Yeah. Clayton if we want to talk about an actual MLS script. St. Louis is the main character of that script and that is 100% correct. <laughs> yeah. And a little, yeah. or a big German-Brazilian guy named Joel Klaus is the main protagonist, or antagonist depending on who you root for in the story. Um last night probably at- win the
1: Supporter Shield and win MLS Cup this year and then actually just uh, liquidate the following year. <laughs>
0: Hey, we beat we beat them. That's like the Miami Marlins' um, playbook, right? Ninety-seven. I don't know if you follow baseball, but ninety-seven World Series, like uh-huh. just a team of what would end up being probably Hall of Famers or like close to, completely sell the farm in the offseason <laughs> after winning that. Two thousand three, same exact thing. Thing happens. Yeah, you have teams like that. I feel like, um, where the owners do well strategically, knowing they're not. You know, Miami's a big market, but like in baseball, it's a small market. But um, yeah, I think you have teams like that. And I feel like that happens with like Colorado. Uh, Who else has been like that in MLS? There have been plenty of teams, I feel like, that have won cup that aren't necessarily perennial winners.
1: Oh, yeah. Uh, Colorado, like you say, Real Salt Lake. Um, Chicago, Though they were all, that was back in the day. They They
0: They won their first year. Yeah, the first year of MLS. Um, so in the West, yeah, you have St. Louis in first, and then you have LAFC who just beat the brakes off of New England last night for <laughs> nothing. Uh, Danny Bulonga scored, or Denny Bulonga scored a, a penalty, but that would give him. I did he either scored three or four during uh, CCL midweek too. So he had either oh, four or five here. goals this week. Yeah.
1: Yeah, LAFC are absolutely killing it. It's so annoying to watch. Um I just I mean, I know Carlos Verde is an incredible player and he's every year he's been in the league, I think he's been in the MVP conversation. But I can't stand the guy. I can't stand I hate his haircuts. Uh hate that he's kind of good looking i mean he's just so good but he just drives me nuts
0: they're a very good team and they have a very young good manager in steve gerundolo and i a great ownership group and i hate that they're gonna be so good like every single year in perpetuity they're like yeah i feel like they're the good the good team not like in a like an ethical sense or anything like that, or like some sort of like, <laughs> um, yeah, but like of LA, like the two teams in LA, I feel like they're going to consistently be the benchmark for the West alongside teams like Seattle and Portland. Um, they definitely were not a flash in the pan. And I think that, again, the ownership group has proven that. And they've just been an outstanding, outstanding team. Uh, Clayton pause asking if they go for the the treble. Uh, I forgot we have the treble this year, right? The Nations Cup or Nations League. and uh, Oh, I guess four four trophies, right? Yeah. Yeah. MLS or Supporter Shield. You have five trophies. Supporter Shield, MLS Cup, CCL, US Open Cup, and Nations League. You can win five trophies.
1: Don't they go for the Campione's Cup too? Because they
0: won. Yeah, I think you're right. (laughs) <laughs> so, can they win six? So, yes, Clayton Poss, they probably will win a treble out of the six that they're eligible for. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, um, Mateo, my
1: grammarly little icon is thank you. And I absolutely think we can be that same level of club for the East. And I totally agree. I think so. I saw something on was it Twitter or Reddit. Someone was saying, like, LAFC are the club that has a ton of money but is hitting on all of their big signings something that we uh aspired to but didn't quite do it after 2018 so yeah it's it's really impressive it's really impressive but yeah i want us to be that and then i want us to just bury lafc uh when we play them i think we play them once this year so <sighs> that'll be a all right game Daniel. if we're still going
0: do we have a uh, Daniel James? Do we have a, a Dan load, locked and loaded, we from Portland do. on Saturday? All right, yep. I don't have a primer for Ke- like I, Kevin's too good at that. and I'm not going to attempt to be uh, along those lines. So there we go. There we
1: go. Give it to him, Dan. Oh yeah, I'm feeling it. This song, like
0: song. All right, now now it's he's coming an, up. An an add-up. Add-up. Get it that high. Yeah using that term a little liberally <laughs> it's just a sound it's just a
1: sound it's I man in the All right. yeah. Portland Timbers coming to the Benz on Saturday big arrival to the Portland Timbers this offseason Evander the 24 year old Brazilian attacking midfielder brought in for 10 million dollars Wow. Played in, uh, I think it's Micheland in Denmark. In 2021, he had 17 goals, 11 assists in 47 appearances. Uh, That is 0.36 goals a game. And in 2022, uh, he had eight goals, four assists in 22 appearances, which also ended at 0.36 goals per game. So he's coming to, so those are, that's pretty good numbers. You know, that's a goal every three games or so. That's Pretty good for an attacking midfielder. So a lot of hype coming into Portland. However, uh, I know we're only three games in, but he has not, I mean, he's got one goal against, um, and that was against LAFC, and it was where he had a ton of space around him. He hasn't really led to too much build-up. Now, we are early in the season. He played, um, he started on the bench against St. Louis and then had to get subbed on uh, for an injury. I think it was, it wasn't Williamson. I thought it was, I think it was Paredes. He got injured. And so Evander came on and then was subbed out at the 69th minute. You hate to see someone get subbed on and subbed off again, especially when they've got that large price tag. So, not so great start for Ivanda. He's still got a lot of time, but I honestly think it's the squad is the problem. Portland just seem weak. They have they're just trying for too much finesse and too much like little dinky passes that don't seem that always seem to fall like just behind the feet of the person they're trying to get to. And there's just no muscle. Everything just seems weak. The shots seem weak, even though they've scored one or two um, railing goals, so Vanda's being one of them. But it just seems like a bunch of kids are playing and they haven't figured out how to strike the ball properly. And not that they haven't been, but just every time it strikes the ball, it just seems like an easy save. So I'm not... I'm not very high on Portland, and I really like Portland. I love any team that we beat in an MLS Cup final. So I, I, I want to look for good things and upsides for them, but they just don't seem to be having any. So they've also had some good scoring opportunities, which they failed to convert. So against um, Sporting KC, uh, Nice Goda um, jumped on a back pass from the defender because the defender was getting pressured by Ivanda but then he hit it straight at the keeper. And then also, against St. Louis, Moreno would had some beautiful technical footwork dancing through the penalty area in the second half and worked his way into some space. And in front of him, he had the whole left half of the goal completely open to him. All they had to do was hit it straight and it would have been, uh, I believe, an equalizer at that point or taken Portland ahead. But he hit it, Across the goal, back towards the keeper, and hit it directly at the keeper. So they it kind of reminded me of what Charlotte have been doing, and just not being lucky. So um, they have those intri- weird intricacies going for them. The uh, I felt bad for this guy because I think he's he's their best rated defender, Zach McGraw. So Tua Loma left in the off season and went to Charlotte. So Zach McGraw, it was kind of like the heir apparent to him and he's the central piece in their back line. So he's 25. He get was drafted from army drafted in 2020. Uh, he was not really in the squad in 2020. He spent most of 2021 just on the bench in 2022. He had started getting minutes and towards the end of the season, he was their starting guy in in the center back position, um, but Zach McGraw has been doing pretty good in the stats. If you look at FB ref, um, he's got you know, he's in the 70th percentile in tackles, 91st in interceptions, uh, he's, he's in 92 in clearances and 92 percent percentile in aerials. One, but it seems like because Portland are just getting pressured, so there's more opportunity for him to have those those, things, those, those stats, really. So one pro, I mean, he scored goals. I think he scored two goals. Um, nope, just one. So it was a header against uh, St. Louis. Problem is, he loves to keep opponents onside. He can get turned around, very quickly he's got really bad positional awareness and if you've noticed on some of the highlight reels in the goals he is like standing around totally confused uh and not running to uh get defenders he's always like isolated he doesn't seem to be marking anyone and just kind of watches the ball get passed by him or (laughs) watch someone else strike the ball right into the into the goal so uh Against LAFC, he uh, was at fault for the first goal, which the deflect, the corner kick kind of came off of him. He couldn't control it. It was bouncing around. And it ended up being, I think it was Cellini that scored. And then against St. Louis, in the, I think it was like the 75th minute, it was 1 1. He made a bad foul right outside the penalty area. And on that, free kick st louis st louis won the game and there was an argument there that mcgraw could have been awarded a own goal because he um chased the ball into the back of the net and tried to like um bicycle kick it out but he just roofed it into his own net but i think the ball was already passed so i am not a fan of zach mcgraw but if he wants to play against this which i'm assuming he will then I really think Atlanta United could feast big on this defense. They'll probably be bunkering a lot more They They do have some finesse in like Loria And this go all right. I've seen a lot of uh, not people not saying a good things about him online. Uh, you've got Marino who plays on the right. And if Evander can find some sort of starting uh, chemistry or willingness to to do better, I'm not sure if he's going to be able to get past that. How I'm not sure how his mental toughness is because he played, he did not play well against St. Louis and getting subbed off when you've been subbed on is, is not great. Um, I think we can, I think this team is fragile emotionally and I think they are. I think Franco Abara is going to rule this midfield when they come to Mercedes Benz uh, and they have not had good times coming to Atlanta either so I'm pretty confident about this one I don't think it's going to be as easy as Charlotte I think I don't think Portland are going to score I think our defense has actually been a complete rock I think we'll easily be able to shut down their front four um, with our midfield as well so I'm going for a relatively comfortable 2-0 win and we'll see where we go from there Tim, your thoughts? Three-one,
0: Atlanta. Um, I I think we're getting more comfortable. I think we're getting guys uh, attacking much better. I like the pressure that we're putting on the opposing defenses, and what you said about see, I don't know that about Zach McGraw, uh, like in that detail. I love it. I I like our chances um, having guys that absolutely can turn a defense or turn a defender around and. Almada, Aruju, um, and then Yakimakis too. I feel like, yeah, I like our ability uh, up front and I think we're gonna feast. And to your point, I think our defense has played pretty well. Again, save that, you know, Bernadeski goal. We're looking pretty solid with two clean sheets. Granted, we're sitting with one. Um, in ifs and if Sim Butts was candies and nuts, and you know, we'd all have a Merry Christmas. But the um yeah, I, I like the way it looks going into Saturday. Uh, we have some score predictions coming in from the trap. LA Beaven three one Atlanta Mateo two nil. Uh, Tank gets his first goal for the five stripes. I like it. Who who do you think scores for us, Dan? I mean, I've, I've got to see Yako score a goal.
1: I I could I think that's I think he opens his account. I think
0: he yeah. can get a brace. How about a hat trick? Oh. We're not there okay. yet, right? Well, how, how crazy would Mercedes-Benz be? Rematch from the 2018 Cup in our in, our, uh, in our stadium. New oh, I'd be...
1: I'd just be... I had Cafe Agora earlier today, so I'd be all about it, man.
0: <laughs> <laughs> uh We got Brittany S2-1 Atlanta, Anthony Neitzel 2-1 Atlanta. I'm sure his heart hurts saying that. Richard Gordon, two nothing Atlanta. Uh, double G with a brace. I like that. Um, anything else, Dan? No, um, I forget someone in the
1: trap. The Portland fans are good folks, so I, I remember meeting a bunch of them when we beat them in the LA in the um, MLS Cup, uh, and they were all real good people. So I think there can be a good, good bantering between them too.
0: <laughs> uh, Mateo saying uh, double G pulls a Ronaldo Cisneros. That's a name I haven't heard all season. <laughs> Not once yeah. have I heard, seen, or heard that name brought up. And I completely forgot all about the guy. Club legend Ronaldo Cisneros. That's right. Man. Uh, Nathan explosion two one Atlanta. Well, thank you guys for tuning in again on this lovely Monday evening and deciding to spend some time with us out of your busy schedule, uh, as you wind down and get ready for bed and get ready to get in your car for another commute into the city of Atlanta, um, <laughs> or wherever you're going. Yeah. And, and, and if you've just you got to
1: work, who, you know, grab a cup of coffee. <laughs> yeah, exactly.
0: Exactly. Um, for the fine folks listening and watching, dan james where can they find you to interact with you
1: you can find me at D-N-J-M-S d n j m s or dms.
0: you can find me on instagram at tim herb i will be uh, bringing my wares to a market it's not going to be until may but i'll be out at ormwood park oh. festival i found that out the other day so that should be nice, fun man. um yeah i find us collectively on twitter at home before dark that's b and the number four if you guys are listening to us on iTunes, Apple Podcasts, whatever you want to call it these days, leave us a rating and or a review. It really helps us out. We will read whatever review you have for us live on the show the next time we record. Yeah, that's it. That's all you get from us. Um, yeah. Have a good night. As always, be home before dark. Timber! There it is.